0: With Adam Hey everybody,
1: welcome. To conspiracy the show i'm adam todd brown who are you i'm olivia Hydar we are your hosts olivia how's it going not bad not bad
0: uh you know fourth of july weekend well no post fourth of july weekend post-4th but
1: uh of july. yeah we took last week off because we're very patriotic of course so yeah so i had to observe uh exceedingly patriotic like on wh- on a list Patriots. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I needed to take the day off to watch
0: the only movie that you can watch on Ind- on Independence Day. Which Independence is Day,
1: born on the fourth of July. G- oh, Independence. Oh,
0: of day. course, of course. Okay. No,
1: yeah, I Look. watched Wimbledon all week. Oh, like every morning. Starts at eight a.m. Eastern, so I would get up five five thirty, watch Wimbledon. Jeez, it was it was fun times. But now we are back in the saddle. Talking about government malfeasance. Yes. Specifically JFK-related government malfeasance. Can I tell you how shocked I am that there are still interesting JFK documentaries in 2022?
0: Yeah. When I booted it up, I figured it would be older. And uh, no, it's
1: uh It's very recent. It's brand new. It's not a brand new theory, but it is... It's an aspect of the JFK assassination I had never heard about, or if I had, it just didn't catch my attention that much. But we're talking about Ruth and Michael Payne yes by way of a new documentary called The Assassination and Mrs. Payne. Mm -hmm. Which, again, JFK documentary released in the 2022nd year of our Lord. Seems... (laughs) unlikely but here yeah. we are what did you think of this documentary
0: i liked it i thought, I thought it was pretty good i mean like you're saying there's not like a lot that's fully new here outside of the actual interview with ruth payne and a couple of other interviews like that and even then you know part of the nature of ruth payne in the public eye is that her story doesn't Really change. And so even her new
1: interviews and such are not necessarily giving you new stuff. Yeah, what I appreciate about this documentary is the way it's presented, because yeah. generally documentaries are very along party lines these days. There's yeah. usually a side that believes a conspiracy theory, a side that doesn't believe it. And most of the times a documentary is going to represent one of those sides. Mm hmm. And everyone is invited to this party. The person making the film seems like he is on the fence about Ruth Payne and her CIA connections. Yeah. Ruth Payne is interviewed extensively in this, and she is adamant that she is not CIA. But then they also interview a bunch of different writers on both sides of the argument. So it's a very balanced documentary in that way. You get to hear both sides of the story. And. I appreciated that because that's, yeah, rare. it's very rare with a conspiracy theory documentary.
0: Yeah. And I imagine that the guy making the movie, it does seem like he believes in some sort of conspiracy, but it uh, does remain pretty even handed uh in general. I, I just feel like he probably wouldn't have even made this if he didn't believe
1: in it at all.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: I mean, at the end, it's pretty clear that he has suspicions. Right. But I do like that those suspicions are presented along with evidence to support them, as opposed to him just saying, well, I heard this about your sister. It's more like, well, what about this document that says your sister worked (laughs) for the CIA? (laughs) It's a well-executed documentary in that way.
0: Yeah. And I think it does also a good job of showing. No matter what you think of Ruth Payne and her honesty or her story, you do see kind of how living in this world since the assassination can be invasive and unnerving. Yes. Yeah, I, I think I think it does a pretty good job of showing. You know, like showing and flashing comments on articles and videos and things on the screen where people are kind of being very vicious about a lady that they don't know. So it's it's just interesting.
1: I think that, I think that's
0: a very interesting aspect to her story, personally.
1: Yeah. It also, though, doesn't do anything to make me less suspicious because, like so many other figures in the JFK assassination, maybe not immediately, but at some point, you have every right to be like, I don't want to fucking talk about that anymore. And yeah. Ruth Payne always seems to want to talk about it. Sure.
0: But at the same time, she's accessible in a way that, you know, like, I don't know. I understand that as a reaction though, like just taking like, again, putting aside any other, like what she knew or didn't know or did or didn't do or whatever. Like if you're not involved with it at all and like history has now settled itself in your lap and you have to deal with it for the rest of your life. I could understand just facing that and being like, whatever, like, you know, I I, like this is just it. And that that was the vibe that I got from her interview. That was the thing I liked the most about the movie is I thought that she just seemed like a engaging and interesting person who I thought would seem like a good
1: hang. Yeah, I imagine most CIA agents are engaging and interesting (laughs) people, at least the ones who have to work in the field and do shit like this. But whether she is or not, like that's another story. We should back (laughs) up a little bit and mention that the crux of this documentary, it's about a woman named Ruth Payne and people accuse her of being a CIA operative who helped Lee Harvey Oswald assassinate JFK, Mm -hmm. essentially. And it starts in February 1963. At least the documentary does, with Ruth meeting Marina Oswald at a party. And Ruth wants to learn to speak Russian, as most Americans did in 1963. (laughs) And Marina speaks Russian. So naturally, she moved Marina into her home. Sure. Presented without judgment is that tidbit. Uh, Also, why did she want (laughs) to learn Russian in 1963? Like, she's asked that at one point. She's like, you know, the Cold War. It's like, that's not, yeah. that's not true. Are you tra- I mean, yeah,
0: I don't know. I get it. It, it. It's not something that pops out to be as necessarily immediately suspicious.
1: It uh, does pop out to me as not the kind of thing you move a person into your house for.
0: Sure. But also, I mean, who knows? I don't know what that enti- uh,
1: entire story is. She says Lee Harvey Oswald was mostly around on the weekends. But then one day, Olivia, you're not going to believe this. Hmm. shot the president dead. Wait, the, the president of the United States? Right between the eyes with a shellfish toxin. Pe- wait, no. That's, wait, wait, that's wait, the wait, Behold wait. of Pale Horse books. Uh, <laughs> from a distance with a rifle. Right. And just like that, Ruth and her husband, Michael, find themselves smack dab in the middle of one of the biggest crimes in American history. Which, here's the thing. If everything that happens surrounding Ruth Payne is all coincidences... Mm -hmm. What a crazy fucking set of coincidences (laughs) happened to this woman and this family in a very short amount of time. Yeah. Like five months, you move someone into your house and five months later, they're assassinating the president of the United States. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Shocking turn of events. And there's stuff that comes up in the documentary later about Ruth's movements and affiliations that I don't know I do think it's suspicious and I mean when whenever the CIA's around the CIA's around like that's that's just how it fuck like when Bob Marley got shot in Jamaica the cameraman covering that concert also was in the CIA and it's like yeah. oh yeah that's that's probably nothing
0: like that's yeah just seem- seemingly unrelated
1: just doing CIA cameraman work on the side <laughs> and also covering you know potential black messiah that's going to have to be murdered someday. <laughs> anyway, so she is asked a whole lot of questions by mm-hmm. the Warren Commission and she's asked a lot of questions in the days after the assassination obviously because she was she had the assassin living in her home. Right. And it seems like what people are insinuating is that She is kind of acting as the mouthpiece for the conspirators version of events, Mm -hmm. which does remind me. A lot of this reminds me of Jonestown, but that's because I think the CIA did everything. Ever, (laughs) Yeah. But one of the things you saw immediately after Jonestown is survivors start coming forward. And the main Mm -hmm. one was this woman named Deborah Layton. Who she survived because she did it. Like she did Jonestown. (laughs) She wasn't one of the people who was being mind controlled and enslaved. She was like the CFO of Jonestown. And then she escaped like six weeks before, escaped six weeks before, and was like, I'm a survivor, baby. It was just that one guy who talked (laughs) all of us into doing this. And the general public was like, yeah, this is a tragedy. We don't want to think any more about it beyond that. You're probably right. Right. And I could see if there is a conspiracy afoot and it involves the CIA. This is a thing they're definitely going to do. Like, they're going to get someone out in front of that to tell their story. Sure. I really don't hate the theory that the CIA might have been who killed JFK. I don't doubt that Lee Harvey Oswald fired some shots. Yeah. Of
0: those... Theories of the conspiracy, mafia, USSR, CIA, these things like the CIA makes the most sense out of all of them or the military, as is mentioned in this documentary. Yeah, or Uh, like a
1: combination of the CIA. Right, exactly. The military, like it wouldn't be that shocking in that sense. It would have been a coup, like it would have been a military coup, but there's no stipulation that says when you pull off a military coup, you also have to get in front of the nation and go, guess what (laughs) we just did? We just pulled off a military coup. Like, Sure. Here's the thing. We're going to jump ahead in the notes a little bit. At one point, there's someone that's interviewed in this, and he delivers this line where he says, well, everything can't be true. I disagree. (laughs) Here's how everything could be true. Because my favorite JFK conspiracy, I think one of the most well-researched, uh, theories, yeah. is the Secret Service agent yes, that is yes shooting JFK. Here's the thing. What if the CIA was trying to scare JFK and not kill him mm. and just scare him with an attempt on his life sure. that they would later be able to tie to the KGB so then they could go, OK, Mr. President, now do you think we should carry on? With fighting communism Uh in the world? Or do you still think we should demilitarize and just let this shit happen? Like they're shooting at you from the book depository. But then, Mm. uh uh-oh, Secret Service agent, completely unaware that this plot is afoot, according to the other JFK theory, stands up in the car, hears this shooting, and when the car pulls off, he accidentally fires a shot, hits JFK. Everyone's right in that situation. Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone. Technically, the CIA yeah. did conspire to shoot at JFK, but maybe not kill him. And then the government accidentally killed him. And of course, there's going to be a huge cover up in that case. Sure. So everyone yeah. can be right. That's one of my favorite things about Harvey <laughs> Oswald. Well, again, this is the thing when we're talking. Such uh, a feel good is- conspiracy. I-, I like that's That's a good story. It's a very neat. That's the story. Problem. It's all always only going to be a story, right?
0: This is this has come up whenever we've talked about JFK in the past on the show. Halfway. And yes, not like in depth, but <laughs> no, we have. I'm joking. Oh, yes, okay. I a was conspiracy say, podcast. Like, he pretty down. sure I know we've done a few. Um, but yeah, like it happened, you know, seventy years ago. And or whatever, maybe 80. I can't can't do math. I have to do math soon. It's going to be a nightmare. It happened a long time ago. We're never going to know for 100% certain exactly what happened. It just can't happen. Maybe back in the day, like closer to when the event took place, it would have been possible for some sort of complete picture to come out. But like the further we get away from it, the more I just think we're just not going to know we can't unless there's like literally written down somewhere in like, you know, the archives of the CIA. But even then, you know, then you're like, well, is that real? Like, or is this like a smoke screen? Or what is this?
1: That's a thing that comes up in this documentary is when all of the JFK files were declassified. Yeah. There's still a bunch that aren't.
0: Yeah.
1: And the Secret Service, I think it was, reached out to Trump and was like, Hey, leave these last few classified.
0: Because our guy shot him.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. And then he did that. And then he was like, All right, I'll leave him classified till twenty 20- twenty one and let yeah. fucking Biden deal with it. And Biden left them classified. <laughs> Which, yeah, with it being the Secret Service, then yeah. I still man, I still like that theory. And
0: I bet if you're the Secret Service, you like the as long as you don't ask too much too often, you could like the president will just do whatever the fuck you ask them to because you're their goddamn bodyguards. Yeah, of course. (laughs) (laughs) You know, they get they get a pretty uh, cushy gig. But like I've said, that's always been the theory outside of Oswald Solo that has appealed to me the most on a, a lot of levels. Uh, it works in a way that a lot of the other ones are either too neat in a writerly way, which is what I where I get tripped up in a lot of the uh, older theories and like, or just kind of, I don't know, the, every theory has holes in it, except for that one, basically. Yeah. <laughs> except for it's a Secret Service agent.
1: Yeah, and the amount of research he put into that theory. And I like the fact that, of all the people who tried to recreate Lee Harvey Oswald getting those three shots off, it's the guy who was actually able to do it who was like, No, no, no. He right. there's no fucking way <laughs> he got that. Like it because it took him like three tries and he's like, I'm the best. <laughs> I'm the absolute best at this. Yeah. So yeah, but we we've covered that theory before, but people should watch that documentary. It's called JFK, The Smoking Gun. I think it's... I don't know if it's still on Netflix, but it's definitely on Amazon. I saw it when I was uh, scrolling through to find this. That leads to a good question, because you mentioned... If something had come out back in the day, mm-hmm. then maybe things would be different. But we're never really going to get any sort of justice here. Right. Which brings up the question: What's your stance on the Warren Commission, and especially the Warren Commission after the things that are presented about the Warren Commission in this documentary?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I've never read the whole the whole decision, so I mean, oh, of course, uh, I can't I can't speak from too much of a place of authority, but. You know, obviously, I find flaws in most of these sorts of large government investigations into, uh, you know, either tragedies or accusations against the government or or whatnot. And I don't know, like, even though I don't necessarily believe in grander conspiracy theories about the assassination, I don't necessarily trust everything the Warren... commission is, is coming out with
1: you know like well i already didn't trust the warren commission that much just because yeah it's like the government investigating itself and sometimes right. that works like the church committee is how right. we found out about a lot of cia things but i think that also just kind of tipped the cia off to like what things they needed to hide better Going mm-hmm. forward, I don't think they changed anything. But there's a moment in this documentary that I found fascinating that I had also never seen or heard. And this is jumping ahead in the notes a little bit yeah, too. Yeah, <laughs> It's not like the people at home have the notes; they don't fucking right. care. But it's the phone call yeah, between that was interesting. LBJ. And I don't remember who he was talking to because there's there's two. We'll talk – there's yeah. the J. Edgar Hoover one that they only have the transcript of. Right. But then there's a recording of I him. I think that was with uh, Warren. I think that was with Warren himself. Well, he's – no, he's talking about Warren. He's oh, – okay. In this phone call, he's talking about the Warren Commission and how he asked Earl Warren twice to – be a part of the Warren commission and Earl Warren told him no. Mm -hmm. And then he said, so then I asked a third time and I told him about this incident at the Mexican embassy that I was told about. And he says he started crying and said, I'll do whatever you want. And basically on this phone call, LBJ says he told Earl Warren, like this commission has to go a certain way. Like you, you have to find a certain thing. Otherwise What's going to come out is that Russia did this, and it's going to catapult us into World War III. And here's the thing. I think that's still the CIA. (laughs) I think that is the CIA going to LBJ because the the Mexico City thing with Lee Harvey Oswald, to explain Mm -hmm. it, there's this theory that we'll talk about in more detail later that at one point before the assassination, Lee Harvey Oswald just showed up at the Soviet embassy in Mexico. Right, And what comes out in this phone call between LBJ and J. Edgar Hoover is that the person, they have pictures and videos of the person who showed up at the embassy, and it's actually not Lee Harvey Oswald. Mm -hmm. But there are all these, they're getting all this information that it is. So someone is lying. Yeah, And it feels to me like if the CIA did this, I could see them immediately going to LBJ and being like, look at all this evidence. I just, people at home, I just... (laughs) unfurled a scroll to show lbj i could see them going to him and being like look at all this evidence that russia did this we have to cover this up we can't let people know russia did this because there's going to be a war if we do when all the while the cia did it sure just like yep we got to cover this up but because of russia
0: right but also but then because russia killing jfk would have been fucking insane No, it would have been. I mean, that would have obviously caused an international crisis. Uh, There's no way they would have fucking done that. No, that one is easy to dismiss. Very, very. I I, like it doesn't really make sense. But also, though, this part, though, uh, the CIA like. I don't know. I, I I guess I just don't see if they're supposed to be assassinating him in the first place because they probably want to do some more Bay of Pigs type things. And he's against that. Then, that you know, LBJ warning Warren off because, you know, uh, of finding out about it being Russia. I mean, like feels like. If anything, they would want it to be revealed that it was Russia because they would want military conflict.
1: Yeah, but they didn't want a nuclear war. Like, they didn't Fair. want global annihilation. That's what sure. he was talking about. He's, he specifically no, said a I, war I, yeah. that would kill 40 million Americans in an hour. Right.
0: I, I figured that. I mean, but still, I guess I have a hard time with anybody's mindset who, post-World War II, wants war and doesn't see that potentially becoming <laughs> yeah. a nuclear war. So... yeah.
1: The JFK movie comes up a lot. Lots of yes. Oliver Stone in this, which bad news prompted me to watch an episode of the unseen history of America, and we might mm. need to cover that. There's only ten episodes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I saw the JFK movie, and I remember being very underwhelmed. I, I mean, Even I have not seen this teen. since I was in high school. Yeah, yeah, I saw it as a teen and was yeah. like, okay, so I still don't really know who. Yeah,
0: I, I JFK. probably. I might rewatch it sometime. Oliver Stone has never been my guy as a filmmaker, even his politics (laughs) uh, aside. And so, yeah, I don't have fond memories of the JFK movie, but I also don't really have strong memories. So,
1: yeah. I don't see do it. remember
0: it. But Oliver Stone does have some hits, obviously. Oh, Yeah. Them, like for sure. natural born killers and Yeah, I liked Platoon. Platoon, sure. But although I mean it's a little bit it's one of the I don't know. It's not I my favorite a... of the Vietnam movies. So
1: I had a Platoon poster on my wall as a child. Of only course. Be- only because they were giving away free movie posters at the video store one day. <laughs> sure. And it was like the <laughs> coolest one. Yeah. In yeah, it's a cool poster. Yeah, it's in retrospect, the last fucking thing I would hang (laughs) on my wall now. So Oliver Stone is brought up because there's an interesting discrepancy here. In the movie, there is a Ruth Payne-like character depicted in the JFK movie, but her name is not Ruth Payne. And Ruth Payne in this documentary says, well, I guess he just didn't have my number and couldn't call. Yeah. Oliver Stone told Congress that he reached out to Ruth Payne and that she wouldn't. Speak to them, which raises the question of who do you trust? And the answer for me is neither of them. Yeah, I mean, trust.
0: I don't know that I trust <laughs> either of them. <laughs> but, like, I don't necessarily believe Oliver Stone out of the two of these people. <laughs> like, why is she lying about him talking to her? Like, what? Like, it's not like there's anything in that movie that is. I don't know that this doesn't really make any sense to me.
1: Well, no, I, I, I mean, again, I don't super duper remember the movie. That's probably a movie we should. I mean, I yeah. Cover for an episode at some point. It fits. Point. But, yeah, I don't remember how she's depicted, but I'm assuming just the fact that it comes up, she's probably not depicted great. Like, in the conspiratorial view of this story, like, it's brought up at the end of this, and I think the guy makes a good case. Like, if you believe there was a conspiracy here, it doesn't work without Ruth Payne. Like, Mm -hmm. she is either an integral part of the conspiracy or just the flat-out unluckiest woman... (laughs) Of all time, like that trip she takes right before (laughs) the (laughs) assassination, where she goes from hanging out with the head of the CIA in the Hamptons. Sure. To Washington, D.C., then on to New Orleans to pick up Marina Oswald and the gun (laughs) and then on to dallas and then a few weeks later jfk's assassinated if she's not involved that is the itinerary of the world's least (laughs) lucky person
0: uh yeah i mean i I believe from at least from the way they describe her role in the film in this documentary uh they describe her as a unwitting pawn or something
1: that's that's what i wonder about the quaker thing Because there was that thing for a long time where I don't think it still is this way. But for the longest time, the Secret Service would almost exclusively hire Mormons. Sure. Because Mormons just had the right level of discipline, at least some of them, to handle a job like being a Secret Service agent. Right. And I wonder if there's something in Quaker's nature that the fucking CIA has sussed out where they're like, we can get these motherfuckers to do anything (laughs) we want.
0: Yeah, which I mean, maybe it possible, I guess, like there uh, might also just be that they're, you know, pacifists, they're like, they've got all of a, like uh, a philosophically trusting nature, like, Quakers. yeah, that could
1: be the thing, <laughs> like, you
0: know, and that's, or, you know, and that's, I guess, a possibility. Uh, but yeah.
1: I, I don't know. Is it weird that Michael Payne and Ruth Payne ended up in the same senior living facility 40 years after their divorce? I like
0: that didn't really strike again. I mean, whatever. People are going to think I'm some fucking government patsy or whatever <laughs> because I, just, but like, because I keep saying, well, it didn't really strike me as that suspicious. But it didn't, I mean, it didn't really strike me as that suspicious. They're old people, they live in the same old town. Like, you know,
1: not, they're in northern cat like they're in the Sonoma area. It's not but that small. But, but also town. it's like town. It's and not like, like, the, like
0: just because they stop being married that they stop being in each other's lives. They had children together like. OK, I'm just saying like it just didn't <laughs> jump out at me as immediately suspicious. But I didn't go into this movie as like especially like some of the people maybe who are cited in the documentary might like looking for her lying and like looking for weird like things like that i didn't really know that's where it was gonna go as i was watching but
1: yeah i guess i didn't i also didn't go in though like immediately having a reason to trust her no me neither i
0: just kind of liked her i just liked her vibe she had like a she's kind of a brassy lady yeah,
1: yeah, I, mean, she's...
0: <laughs> I was just immediately won over by her in our early interviews, and yeah, I didn't she's... realize that I was supposed to be skeptical. Of
1: her. <laughs> <laughs> the documentary does point out that Ruth and Michael Payne were never shown to have direct connections to the CIA, right. but also that's a really hard thing. To prove like the whole point of the CIA is you're not supposed to be able (laughs) to identify their connections to people.
0: That's not I mean, obviously, that's not reason enough on its own to dismiss.
1: Right. And I don't think everyone who works for the CIA knows they work for the CIA. And I don't think everyone who works for the CIA necessarily does it willingly. Right. Right. At least if you read The CIA and the Cult of Intelligence, which is a book I've done some solo episodes about. It came out in the 70s. It's pretty hard to find now. It's out of print. But it was a CIA whistleblower just going the whole nine yards explaining exactly how the CIA worked. And it was a very common thing for them to go to someone and be like, well, here's what we need help with. Here's what you're going to be in trouble for if you mm-hmm. don't help us. Like the FBI does that. Like law enforcement does that all the time. They'll hang right. something over someone's head and be like, well, you have to cooperate with us in this and that will go away. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they don't definitively prove that Ruth Payne and Michael Payne are in the CIA. But, man, they, ha- they have some sus connections to the CIA. That's yeah. f- for
0: sure. I mean, the, the the weirdest connection was just that he was a Forbes. Yeah, Michael Payne. Uh, that's creepier to me than any possible connection to the CIA.
1: Yeah, well, that and... It just seemed
0: like they were, like, really rich, white, like, people from the Northeast who then, like, moved to the South. I don't know.
1: But it also, to me, speaks to him being someone who, because... Ruth, she was like, well, there's more than one kind of Forbes. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, there's not. Like, I they're mean, all rich. Uh, yeah, like, I got what
0: she was saying, like, but, yeah. like, at the same time, I was like, but they're still, like, they have an
1: island. Yeah. Like, and, you know, so. Like, you got to take into account how bored rich people must be. Yeah. Like, when I did the Behold a Pale Horse episode, one of the early people who intervenes in Bill Cooper's life is a guy named John Lear. Who is the son of the guy who invented the Lear Jet hmm. and something else? He invented like something bigger than that that he also invented. I don't remember exactly what. But this kid was rich and liked flying, so he flew for the CIA. <laughs> but he also just happened to show up in the life of this conspiracy theorist and right. slide him information that turned out to be mostly fake. Mm-hmm. Because John Lear was bored and rich, and so he worked for the CIA. Yeah, Because it let him pursue his fucking passions, but in a way that, you know, he could still be a quasi-criminal and be exciting about it. And someone with that kind of money, like, them and the CIA have the same basic interest, which is American business interests and Mm -hmm. keeping them going. Like, I think that would be the perfect kind of person to collaborate with the CIA. Right. On any number of things. But, mm, I don't know. Like, I... Ruth's dad worked for USAID, which doesn't automatically mean you're in the CIA. But (laughs) I mean, if you look into USAID, they're that group that goes into countries and goes, hey, you want to topple your government? We'll show you how to do it. Like it might not be with weapons. It might not be (laughs) through military means, but they spread democracy is what USAID does. They are heavily involved in Venezuela Mm and what has been going on in Venezuela over the past 10 to 20 years. But her sister seems like she for sure worked for the CIA.
0: That does seem to be, I
1: mean, you know, there's a kind of a paper trail. for her. As a psychologist during the MKUltra years, which Woo! I don't like the sounds <laughs> of that one bit. I mean, totally. I, yeah. You know, don't work for the CIA, folks. Because, yeah, Ruth was even like, well, I think she was just doing psychological evaluations or something like that. And it's like, that's the worst thing. That's the worst thing that we know about, at least. Like, she was the worst kind of CIA, if that's what she was doing. Yeah. So, yeah, they don't prove directly that Ruth worked for the CIA, but she was super-duper CIA adjacent. Also, that island, we didn't even bring that up. I like that Ruth is so dismissive when she's like, Oh, I think my brother-in-law was the director of the CIA or something like that. And it's like, yes, he was. (laughs) And he also headed up the Warren Commission. Like, it's it's not nothing. Like, the connections between her and the CIA aren't nothing. And even if she wasn't directly involved, she seems like, given the choice, she's going to side with the CIA in matters (laughs) like this. But I don't
0: know. I don't know either.
1: Vince Salandria is the guy they talk to at the end. He's a JFK researcher, or near the end. and. He's the one who points out that if you do think this is a conspiracy theory, it doesn't work without Ruth because Ruth, right. like I already mentioned, drives the gun and Marina and all of their belongings from New Orleans to Dallas. And even when they ask about that, she's like, "Maybe the gun was in the car. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, all she this says stuff like was that in the too. car. I, yeah, she did. She was <laughs> like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's a new gun in the car." <laughs> <might have> been. <laughs> and she also got Lee Harvey Oswald the job at the book depository, mm-hmm. which that is an integral part of that assassination. Sure. Part, obviously. <laughs> so like, if she doesn't do those two things, this doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would like some other naive Quaker probably would have driven <laughs> the family from New Orleans to Dallas and got him a job somewhere. All right. And who knows? What did you think of George DeMoren's show? I remember him coming up prominently in the JFK movie. Like when yeah, I heard he's, the name, I remembered his name. From
0: he's that. a name I I also know from various conspiracies. He's, he's also a character in the Stephen King book 11, 63. Oh, is he? Uh, yes. Shows <laughs> uh, a pretty good book, and yeah, uh, he seems like a creep.
1: Like that's kind of all, like what I get from him. He seems like a creep, and given his background, seems like someone who would not associate with Lee Harvey Oswald if Lee Harvey Oswald was the communist that the government was making him out to be. Right, but we'll never know because George Demornestel definitely committed suicide and was not murdered by the CIA.
0: Yeah, no, he shot himself in the back of the head.
1: Yeah. As one with a rifle,
0: as one does. Yeah, I do think they cheater. make
1: an interesting case that maybe he was watching the Oswalds at one point and handed them off to the Paines, mm-hmm. so the Paines could watch the Oswalds. Which again doesn't mean either of them knew what was going to happen next.
0: Yeah, it definitely seems like. I mean, I don't know about that part, but it, it does seem like the Morinshult. He was definitely seemed like he was kind of trying to push Oswald. Towards yeah. Extreme action.
1: I found the part where Ruth and one of the pro Ruth talking heads mention that well, Lee Harvey Oswald, the the guy says, Well, Lee Harvey Oswald, if he was still alive, he'd be mad that people were taking the credit away from him. Like he would have been proud of this. Right. And Ruth is like, well, he did this because he was a little man and he wanted to feel like a big man and let the Mm -hmm. world know what he did. And then they cut to all of these interviews with Lee Harvey Oswald after. And he's like, no, I didn't shoot the president. (laughs) Like, of course, I'm being set up. Of course I didn't. And it's like, where is all that bravado and confidence that this guy is sure Lee Harvey Oswald would have now? Like, wouldn't you in the moments after also be like, fuck? Yeah I shot JFK. Did you see that shit? I hit him from a distance. I yeah? Was up there, dog. Unless you thought you could get away with it. But then that still doesn't speak to the wanting to feel like a big man,
0: the oh. like I don't know. If you killed somebody, be like you might if you're that kind of guy.
1: But it's not like if you get away with it that means history says you didn't do it. So, like, I don't, I think Ah. they're wrong. I think they're lying. Like, there are people who come forward on Lee Harvey Oswald's behalf also who are like, Yeah. No, he wasn't wasn't really like that at all. Right. And I don't know. I just, I don't know if the pair I trust, like, the writer who brings this up is like, listen, I know Ruth is a good person because she's a Quaker and I'm a Quaker. And it's (laughs) like, all right, again, everyone who's siding with the CIA on this is Quakers, (laughs) Quakers, <laughs> only the Quakers believe Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone. Right. It is a fringe belief that we should push to the outer edges of the internet and never bring up again. Let's only focus on the conspiracy theories going forward. <laughs> These Quakers are dividing America. Of course. Yeah.
0: So the Quakers, they've been a thorn in our side for long enough.
1: With their CIA then advocacy, their CIA advocacy. Damn
0: them. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, the thing that I took away from uh, a lot of the Oswald interviews that were in this uh, documentary was that Jeremy Strong should play Lee Harvey Oswald. Yes. Uh, He would be really good at it. He looks exactly like him.
1: There should be like a gritty reboot, like an Oswald (laughs) franchise.
0: Yeah, yeah. Bring him into the do a legacy sequel in the modern day.
1: Yeah, they they bring him back to life. But the deal is he has to go back and assassinate legitimately bad figures (laughs) from the past. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, he actually didn't get killed when he was shot by Jack Ruby. Oh, right. Uh, He he, they they kept him alive on ice. They gave him bionic limbs and uh, (laughs) they sent him to assassinate people. Keeping
1: Detroit safe.
0: With his fucking rifle.
1: <laughs> so, what did you think about the woman who wrote the book about Marina and Lee Harvey Oswald? She's
0: definitely working for the CIA. That she was the sure whole. Is. That was
1: maybe another
0: thing. where like, <laughs> this lady comes on like a like thirty or minutes or so in. They start interviewing uh, Priscilla Johnson McMillan. Yeah, her name was, and maybe just contrasting her with Ruth. I I was and like she's like so much of her interview is accusing Ruth of being a CIA agent. I'm like this lady 100% works for the CIA. I buy that way more. Like yeah. they're like didn't you uh apply
1: to work for the State Department? She's like maybe I did, maybe I didn't. No. No, no. She applied to work right for the CIA. She right. worked for the State Department. Right. I knew it was I knew she
0: worked for what,
1: yeah. Yeah, they, I'm like, come on, man. They confront her with that, with the yeah. evidence that she applied to work for the CIA and with a CIA document that describes her as a witting collaborator.
0: Yes. Yeah. And she's like, what, an un-, an un Doesn't that mean that I didn't know? Yeah. She keeps and he, he, and he's say, like, no, it says witting.
1: <laughs> and it also, there is a quote in that report that says, I think we can get her to write pretty much whatever articles yes. we want. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I will
0: say, I, first of all, I have never heard the phrase witting being used that way. Like, I've only ever heard oh, unwitting. I, I think I have. I mean, I, I'm sure it, it must be because there's unwitting is the is like the more common phrase. And it's yeah. clearly the unversion. I've just never heard. It seems kind <laughs> of out of date. Uh, it's, a, you know, from a document from the 60s. So it makes sense. But this yeah. lady... Absolutely. Every, like, just every CIA alarm in my body was going
1: off with this lady. Yeah, there's, it comes up in the CIA and the cult of intelligence that the CIA, one of their, one of their things is whenever a defector gets back to this country, they immediately intervene to try and be the ones who help get that book published Mm -hmm. because they want to have some control over how the story of this adversary nation operates. And Mm -hmm. a lot of times those books are just straight up propaganda and Mm -hmm. lies. And there is a fascinating article from 1978 on Rolling Stone. If you Google the CIA in the media, there is an article by Carl Bernstein Mm
0: -hmm. from
1: the Watergate Affair, among other things, Mm -hmm. about a CIA operation called Project Mockingbird. Mm Mm-hmm which, as the name implies, was the CIA going out to as many publications and institutions as they could and trying to recruit people within those publications who would write things that were deferential to the CIA or would write things that they wanted written. It's one of the ways when we finally do the Gary Webb episodes that I've been teasing, that's one of the ways they put that story down. Like they eventually released documents that just straight up said, well, we had relationships with a lot of journalists. They got one major news outlet to just not cover it at all. Yeah. So there's no reason to think they've stopped doing it. But at this time, like when this happened, the CIA was very much trying to recruit writers and journalists to tell stories the way they wanted them told. So, yeah, if you've read this book, I'm sorry, but you were duped. I mean, (laughs) The CIA wrote this book yeah and she just seems like the kind of woman who'd be like i just want to help like yeah and it's like this she is the thing. seems like she's too dumb to
0: do all, anything else like that's the thing all of the things that like again the 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 random like weird comments and stuff that they would show from like youtube videos of ruth payne all of like the th- ways that they would describe her like looking like she's lying like that's this lady this this yeah. this lady that is what I get from her so hard. So I don't understand someone believing her and not believing necessarily. But, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but she uh, definitely seems like she's hiding shit. She's just, yeah, she does
1: that little. Well, I don't know what, what, yeah. what do I know about that. The stuff about Ruth and Michael Payne. Hanging out on Nation Island Mm -hmm. with Alan Dulles the summer before the assassination. Like, that's not nothing. Like Alan Dulles was the head of the CIA at the time, which is Mm -hmm. one of the outfits suspected of assassinating JFK. (laughs) He was one of the leads on the Warren Commission. And Ruth Payne was one of the lead witnesses on the Warren Commission. She is interviewed so much Mm -hmm. by the Warren Commission. Like, that's suspicious. I mean, obviously, there is some way that could be a coincidence, but yeah, like that's that's an uncomfortable connection between Lee Harvey Oswald and Alan Dulles. Yeah, if you ask me, like that's what one degree of separation.
0: Right, right. It's not
1: enough. You could surveil Alan Dulles's phone with a one-hop warrant, Lee <laughs> Harvey Oswald. That's not yeah, how it's supposed to work. And the thing about all these coincidences, I always bring this up: the true crime crowd. Right. Like, you would never accept this many coincidences if this was a story about a husband whose wife was murdered. Sure. You'd be like, okay, you did it. There's uh-huh. no way there'd be that many coincidences. But here, we're supposed to be like, well, this is right-wing crackpot conspiracy theory stuff, so these are all coincidences. and Right. Nah. I don't know. I don't know about that. I think they do bring up an interesting point about that, too, which is the common dismissal of these theories... At least one of them is always, well, these are just like losers writing on the Internet in their mom's basement with nothing better to do. Yeah. And it's like, all right, well, the people who want you to believe the Warren Commission is true are all a bunch of right wing (laughs) fucking war hawks. Yeah. Like, I'm supposed to trust them as being honest in this case. Like, they are the ones who had the motive to kill JFK. Like, if he was like, they do make a great point. When he was assassinated, zero troops in Vietnam right. by 67, 500,000 troops in Vietnam. And it comes up in the documentary that he, won if he got reelected, was planning to pull out of Vietnam. Mm-hmm. And two, had mentioned, hey, I think the military might uh, overthrow me. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how much longer I can carry on without the military just overthrowing me. Yeah. So it seems possible that they might have. Maybe. I don't know.
0: But they they do. I mean, like, I feel like if you're taking a tour of the of the Payne house in 2020, you're kind of a loser.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I thought that was strange. There were there were lots of people that British.
0: There are two British people who both were not giving the conspiracy side the best look, I would say.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. The uh I There's also p- thought the uh the thing where Michael Payne worked for Bell Helicopter, like a major military yeah, supplier that would have stood to gain from us launching a whole bunch of wars in the future mm-hmm. was interesting. I feel like at the end they do build a decent case that Ruth Payne was like more involved than she once to let on i found all of the stuff about her like finding these letters that were allegedly from lee harvey oswald after Mm -hmm. the fact like there's a soviet embassy letter where she was i think it was she was returning a book Mm -hmm. to marina oswald and for one thing in the interview ruth is like well you know how when you take a book back to someone You open it and flip through the pages to make sure there's nothing in between them. No, I don't. I don't know. I don't know that. I don't think I have ever done that in my entire life. Yeah. But she, apparently it is common practice for her. And this one time, as if by magic, this letter from Lee Harvey Oswald to the KGB about (laughs) this alleged trip to the Soviet embassy in Mexico pops out. Yeah. And this becomes huge evidence in the Warren Commission trials. But this is also the subject of that phone call between LBJ and J. Edgar Hoover mm-hmm. that somehow the audio disappeared, but we still have a transcript of it. Right. And J. Edgar Hoover just straight up says, Well, we looked into that and we have video and pictures of the person at the Soviet embassy in Mexico. And it is not Lee Harvey Oswald. It's like, yeah. not the same person, which, where did that letter come from if that was not Lee Harvey Oswald at that embassy? Right. And who wrote the letter? Why did they write it? And how the fuck did Ruth Payne get her paws on it? It's one of two suspicious notes that Ruth Payne comes up with after the fact that end up supporting the government's theory, Yeah, Which, I don't like that. I don't like the phone call after... <laughs> The assassination, which she says it didn't happen, but her phone calls were being monitored, which why? Why? Why why was the government monitoring her phone calls before Lee Harvey Oswald <laughs> did this? But Michael calls her from work and is like, yo, I think Lee Harvey Oswald might have just killed president. And this was an hour before they had announced that Lee Harvey Oswald was the killer. Mm-hmm. And he says in this phone call that he thinks Lee Harvey Oswald did it, but he doesn't think Lee Harvey Oswald was responsible. Right. And then he says, you know who was responsible, Mm -hmm. which fucks up with that. That's weird. Yeah. Very weird. It is. (laughs) And the thing is, like, Ruth is there to be asked about all this and she just laughs. She laughs at every single question. And it's like, lady, this isn't that funny. Like, people are showing you decent evidence. That you were more involved than just happening to live in this house with Marina and Lee Harvey Oswald. And at every step, her only response is to laugh. Yeah. She seems nervous. Like she seems <laughs> like she's never really been questioned. I don't think she was expecting these questions.
0: I guess uh, I at the end... When he was getting more pointed, that's when I saw her be more angry or nervous or whatever. But I definitely didn't get the sense that she had never been asked these questions before. It seemed like, if anything, she had been asked them a bunch of times and had answers
1: ready. Well, she does say at one point that the conspiracy theorists never come ask her questions. Well, yeah, but I'm, I'm talking about like...
0: You know, we see multiple TV interviews and these things over the years where she's being asked the same questions and responding with very like almost the exact same responses. So,
1: oh, so the letter I'm wrong. The letter she found, Ruth Payne says she walked past Lee Harvey Oswald typing a letter and that when she walked past, he hunched over it to make sure she couldn't see it. Yeah. But then she also says he left that letter on her nightstand. (laughs) What? Why? Why would he do that? And it turns out that was the Mexican embassy letter or the Soviet embassy in Mexico letter. Yeah. The book
0: one was the general. The book one
1: is a note that Lee Harvey Oswald is alleged to have written to his wife saying that he shot at this general. Mm -hmm. A guy named General Edwin Walker in Dallas a few weeks before the JFK shooting. And this is the note that she walks this book back to Marina and goes, well, let's do the standard thing now and make sure there's no money in here. (laughs) And this note conveniently pops out. One guy claims the Secret Service tried to give it back to her Mm. and said it was hers. (laughs) <laughs> and claimed it was a forgery. Like, so much of the incriminating evidence against Lee Harvey Oswald comes from Ruth Payne. Mm-hmm. And I mean, some of that could have to do with him living there. But also, he lived there for, I think she says, five weeks and was mostly right. there on the weekends. Like, it doesn't add up. Like, it, like there had to be people that knew Lee Harvey Oswald better than this. Uh, maybe. I don't know, though. <laughs> like, you know, if you're a guy... I don't know. I don't like the detail. Here's – this is another reason the CIA might target Quakers is apparently the Quakers, at least at the time, had a cultural exchange program with Russia. Mm -hmm. So Ruth Payne would travel to Russia a lot as a teen. And we know that's a thing the CIA does. They will – if you're traveling to another country where they want information, a lot of times they will intervene and be like, hey, how about you look around for us while you're there? So that seems like an obvious place where she could have made CIA connections. What did you think of Sue Wheaton? Yeah, this was interesting. I I don't
0: know. I don't know what I thought of her. She's not in it enough for me to have like a clear idea of her as a person.
1: Sue Wheaton is a peace activist who was working with the Sandinistas in the 1980s. She was at this meeting for the Sandinistas and Ruth Payne of all people, shows up with a photographer, Mm -hmm. which I think, again, could maybe speak to that thing where she's alleged to have been spying on leftists. Mm -hmm. Because it does seem very strange that Ruth Payne showed up at a Sandinista meeting with a photographer in Nicaragua in the 80s. And this woman was like, wait, wait, Ruth Payne, who knew Lee Harvey Oswald? (laughs) And that was was the part where I was
0: like, though... How did this lady, though, know what Ruth Payne looked like? It not like she was, like, the most well-known figure from the... Well, but Ruth Payne introduced herself as Ruth Payne. Right. But regardless, and- just the name.
1: Yeah, but, like, if you've... Like, even in the documentary, Ruth Payne was a very visible figure after the right. assassination. Like, they interviewed yeah. her a bunch. She's a big witness in the Warren commission. So it would have probably crossed this woman's desk at some point. <laughs> Ruth Payne might have been some sort of government plant. Sure. And then imagine having that in the back of your mind. And then Ruth Payne shows up to your Sandinista <laughs> meeting in Nicaragua with a <laughs> photographer. Of course, she was like, get the fuck out of here. You're CIA. Yeah. So I thought, eh, that was that was weird. That was yeah. The other thing about her spying on leftists that I found interesting was all the stuff about the files, where they are alleged to have removed a bunch of file cabinets from Ruth Payne's home that conspiracy theorists claim is evidence of her spying on leftists. And that's why Lee Harvey Oswald was in her home. The CIA tasked her with keeping an eye on leftists. She says that is fiddlesticks or whatever word she used, but also... All of her testimony about those file cabinets and the contents of the file cabinets themselves were taken off the record. Right. In the Warren Commission. They did that because there was nothing in them? Probably not.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, she definitely did it. Yeah. Still seems like a good hang.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, I bet lots of CI... Yeah, you gotta be. You gotta be charming. (laughs) Like. It's like hosting a tv show kind of you gotta have some yeah. some panache but yeah i don't know the the rest of the stuff i have in the notes we already talked about it's mostly the witting collaborator thing that is a fun scene that's the thing yeah it, it says unwitting collaborator no ma'am no says, witting. <laughs> witting yeah that's the
0: thing like i, I don't know about ruth i don't I, I you know maybe i'm blinded by my love for brassy dames But Priscilla Johnson, McMillan, definitely. And, you know, she's there saying that Ruth is a CIA agent and she's very much obviously a some sort of agent of some kind. So, yeah, I don't know. That's not nothing either.
1: Like that kind of feels like someone's pushing. Yeah. I don't know why the CIA would accuse Ruth of being CIA. I don't know that that helps them any. I don't know either. Yeah, it's an interesting documentary. I think people should watch it. You have to rent it for right now. I'm sure it'll be on streaming in like six weeks. Yeah, it'll be on some like Amazon channel. But it's also cheap. It's $2.99. It's not like like a in theaters now rental. No, no, no. So, you know, watch it. That would be ballsy. (laughs) Yeah, it sure would. (laughs) I would say. Yeah, it's one of those theories like it doesn't matter anymore. I mean, I guess it could if somehow Ruth Payne was charged with something after all these years, but that's not gonna fucking happen. That's like definitely this. not gonna happen.
0: Absolutely no way. Uh but also like again, like there's never gonna you know, we're just we're not gonna have a definitive story here. Uh it's too it's too long. It's been too long. Yeah. But I don't I don't know, like yeah, I don't think it really uh, the you know the I just don't know that it matters. There's been so many things that have happened in the meantime. We don't know for sure what like what future was stolen from us. I guess, and even then, what are we going to do about it? Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. It's a weird thing, you know. A guy got killed. They show yeah. the they showed the Zapruder film in this, which I it's always bums me out to watch. I hate watching the Zapruder film. It's so yeah. sad. Because yeah. you see Jackie, like, chasing after his brains on the back of the car, and it's just like, oh, that's very sad. It's yeah, <laughs> just, like, on a, like, human level, hits you, kind of.
1: Very grim.
0: Yeah. Uh, it still is, It like, a lot of the, this historical footage that's, like, kind of mythic, it it still has that power. Like, yeah. same, I feel the same way about, like, uh, the Hindenburg uh, broadcasts, like... The, yeah, the, you know, the broadcaster's voice on that is so heartbreaking and this uh that footage I I I don't like it. I don't like what? I don't like that JFK got shot. I want to be on the record. I'm not I a fan. That, not I a fan. I think it was bad
1: either. One thing to take heart when it comes to the Hindenburg, we covered this when I worked for Cracked it's one of those tragedies where way fewer people died than you would expect. Yes, yeah. Because I think people assume everyone on the Hindenburg died, but it was falling so slow. Right. Like, in those famous pictures, if you are watching a high enough quality version and look at the bottom of the screen, there's people streaming out of that fucking thing. Yes, yeah. So, like, it's not, it wasn't, I mean, there's a, Huge tragedy. Yes, I mean, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, it wasn't. Come on, it's no Pearl Harbor. No, it wasn't like a Pearl Harbor or nine
0: eleven. 11 Yeah, I just I'm just saying like these things that we have video, like firsthand video of and or audio. And also in that case, like it's just these, you know, you'd think that they would lose their power after a certain amount of time. And they kind of haven't like the Zapruder film still hits. It's like the first time they mentioned my least favorite. Attempt at scientifically debunking the Kennedy assassination, which is that his head snaps in the opposite direction that you would intuitively think his head yeah. would snap. But that's been like that's that's how like ejecta and wound like that works. It propels your head away from the
1: yeah. like towards the gunshot. So, yeah. And it also kind of points to the secret service theory yeah. because JFK okay. is hit with two bullets and his head responds two different ways, right. which isn't usually what bullets do. <laughs> but that's a whole other conspiracy. As much for, Yeah. Uh, like a, a
0: one that I have an easier time uh, swallowing than a lot I of mean, them.
1: Yeah. Oh, then a lot. Of, yeah. I don't have a problem swallowing this one. Like I, I know people work for the CIA. Like. Knows? Sure. Um. But on our next episode, as I promised on our next free episode, we're going to be talking about Gary Webb. Yeah. Which uh, it's a, that is uh, someone who was never once called a conspiracy theorist, which is a uh, right. very interesting note when you look into the things he reported on, which is. The CIA selling crack in the United States. And we're going to talk about that, but we're going to focus a lot on the media response to Mm -hmm. that, which I think is the bigger conspiracy theory all these years later. Like, everyone fucking knows the CIA helped traffic cocaine in the United States. Absolutely. Like, they're teaching that in kindergarten. (laughs) textbooks now they don't have textbooks in kindergarten they don't know but,
0: but they are teaching it in kindergarten <laughs> just not in the textbooks <laughs> <They are>. yeah. <laughs> uh yeah no i mean that is that's a cia conspiracy that i have no problem believing yeah. um but yeah you know uh that there'll be interesting. we might do two on that one yeah i say. think we'll
1: do two might even might even slip in a bonus episode where we Ooh. cover the jeremy renner film kill the messenger which i Hell watched yeah. last night it's good Sure. It reminds me of the Elvis movie in that there was just too much for them to cover in the span of one God. movie. Yeah, so it feels a bit like a Wikipedia entry. Now I'm just kind of
0: imagining, though, <laughs> an Iran-Contra movie directed by
1: Baz Luhrmann. I would. Which yeah, I want that. I want might that. be kind <laughs> of good. Soundtrack full of modern sound and Duran Duran uh, songs. Want, Hell yeah. Yeah. Or I want, I just want Elvis and you <laughs> Contra. <movie>. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was a movie star. So yeah, you got that to look forward to on mm-hmm. our next free episode. This is a bonus episode. So, Ooh. uh, I normally wouldn't have anything to plug, but this week on the Unpops Patreon, the very first episode of our lost rewatch episode, podcast finally long finally rumors. we had to change the name but now yes. it is officially called going back
0: yes well i'm sure in the episode we refer to it by a different oh, title I
1: holler the original yeah. name at the top of my lungs <laughs> yeah i thought so and i thought so. it's just gonna be beeped out and replaced with a robot nah. that says going leave it. back leave but, it uh, first episode of that will be that'll be available on the Unpops Patreon for now and as a bonus episode on the Conspiracy Pod but once we're through with first season we're going to start putting them out for free but you you loving princes and princesses who subscribe you get it all early woo oh you're so lucky
0: it's good it's it was fun i really enjoyed that i right, am looking forward to binging that show
1: yeah Lost Rules. It's, it's so good. Good show. So uh check that out. That will be up Thursday. Hell so yeah. mm, there's that. Do we have anything else to plug? You got anything to plug? No, that. That's it. Oh, also, I'm doing a live Unpopular Opinion podcast mm. in New York City, August 28th at Caveat NYC, 4 p.m. Come see us, then go do other shit later that night. Totally. Make a night of it. Uh it'll be me, uh, comedian and four-time Jeopardy champion Alex Schmidt. Nice, uh, music producer and my pod six co-host Sliceberg Slim, who has appeared on this podcast, and comedian Kalise Hawkins will cool. all be on the lineup. Uh tickets are available at the caveat NYC website or check out the unpop's Twitter and you can find links there. Uh so come to that. Come come see me in person. We'll Hell talk. Yeah. Come, come! Ask me about all the conspiracy theories. I can't talk about (laughs) on the podcast. Absolutely, no! Don't do that. I'm just inviting the NSA to show up. Be like, hey, (laughs) yeah. What other, what other conspiracies you want to talk about? Hard pass. Never mind. Don't ask me shit. Right? No. Just uh, (laughs) smoke them up. Yeah. Just bring weed. Uh, I think that's it. Let's get out of here, Olivia. Say goodbye. Bye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you.